try to sell it, never sell out of it. I probably only sell one. Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD. I'll say this, I had a fun weekend in Richmond. It's officially wedding season, it feels like. A couple of my friends from VCU came up. They had a wedding this weekend. I know about a wedding in Richmond this following weekend. And then my buddy Connor gets married November 4th. So it really is wedding season here in RVA. We had the Pumpkin Festival at Bon Secours. Uh, I went out to River City Roll for Shuck and Roll. Had a great time there, Stubb. I know he went to the Tattoo Festival, so we'll recap that later on in the show today. That was thanks to our buddy Jesse Smith doing a great job putting on the Richmond Art and Tattoo Festival, the longest tattoo festival uh, running here in the United States. Took place in Richmond this past weekend. So I had a great weekend. Great Friday night, a lot of fun. Saturday with some friends. Then Sunday, I woke up. Feeling good, got in an exercise, got in a workout, and then had a good brunch. Then my Sunday crashed hard at about 1 p.m. The damn commanders, the damn commanders failed me again. It is, once again, a misery Monday here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, if you want to vent after what I think was the worst loss of the season, call in right now, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910, as the commanders lose to the New York Giants, again, same story, different season. Or as like my friends like to say, same bleep, different toilet. That, that's what we're dealing with here. How am I feeling today? How are you feeling? 833-804-0910. Here's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like I don't want Ron Rivera to be the head coach and the GM of my franchise anymore. Now, personally, I've been over Ron Rivera for a long time. All right? I've been over him. Tired of his draft picks. They don't show up. I'm even more tired of his game management. He doesn't challenge plays when I want him to. Or then he challenges a dumb catch that was obviously a catch and you could have had that timeout later. Or he accepts a penalty. He accepts a penalty that most head coaches would have declined and taken their defense off the field. But with Jonathan Allen speaking up after the game, dropping F-bomb after F-bomb, I think Ron Rivera has completely lost the locker room. I want you guys to take a listen to a pissed-off Jonathan Allen following the Commanders' 14-7, 14-7 loss Sunday to the New York Giants. What's the evaluation like after a loss like that? They whooped our ass, plain and simple. Got to be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that Yes, it does. I'm tired of this tired of this bullshit. been seven years of the same tired of this What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play Philadelphia. That's how I'm feeling this morning. Just like Jonathan Allen, our defensive leader. A week after, a week after the first time in the Rivera era that I actually felt like, hey, we played good offense, defense, and good special teams. We played as a team for the first time, and that went over the Falcons. Now I'm looking at a team that played terrible offensively. You only give, you only score seven points. You don't deserve to win when that happens. A defense that was bad on third down, that gave up too many yards on the ground and too many yards to the tight end, Darren Waller, and a bad special teams. You can't have a field goal get blocked. Can't happen, right? You have to execute, especially when it's just a 30-yard field goal. This team under Ron Rivera does not play as a team. They all care about themselves and they play me ball, and it's I before we. 
And it's the same bleep over and over again every year under Ron Rivera. They don't play inspired football. It's the most uninspiring football I've ever seen. They always start slow. And to me, that's on your head coach. A lot of people are going to blame Eric Bieniemy, and that's fine with me. All right? He was not good. 833-804-0910. Who would you put the blame on? All right? Play, play calling was not good. A lot of people are going to say, hey, I'm out on Sam Howell after that performance, right? He could have been intercepted three times. He was sacked six times, and it seemed like he didn't know where to throw the ball. He had guys open. He just couldn't hit them. And a lot of people will be mad at Jahan Dotson specifically, right? The former first-round pick who now has three drop passes, and they've all come in critical moments. This one being the most critical, a fourth-down drop to basically end the game. And then there's a portion of the fan base that will call in and say, hey, we can't win with this offensive line. I blame the offensive line. The line was an issue all of last season. We didn't do enough to fix it. And I'm right there with you, right? But with all that being said, I think this comes down to coaching. For me, the 1-5 in five Giants were more inspired than Brian Dable. The 1-5 in five Giants with a backup quarterback and an O-line in worse shape than ours. So what is Ron Rivera being paid to do then, right? This is on the head honcho, Ron Rivera. It has to be. It has to be. And even though, you know, it took longer this year for this team to be right where they always are at this point in the season. Below 500, grasping at a final wild card spot. Grasping at a couple wins towards the end of the season to get them closer to 500. Already out of the hunt for the division title, basically. This team is garbage under Ron Rivera. There's no energy. There's no life. They are the dead skins once again. The dead skins have returned. I'm putting this on the head coach, Ron Rivera. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. You guys know, you know we like to start the show on a misery Monday with the good, the bad, and the ugly from the commander's loss to the Giants. The good, Chase Young gets his first two-sack performance of his career. The defense had four sacks on a hold. Uh, I wanted them to target Terry McLaurin. He did have a decent game, six catches for 90 yards. Should have gone to him earlier in the game. That's about it for the good. Brian Robinson was not very good. I guess you could put Chris Rodriguez in the good, but if your third-string running back is in the good, you know that was an ugly game. Let's get to the bad. You give up 279 yards passing to Tyrod Taylor, who's getting his second start of the season. Darren Waller. Eight us up. Darren Waller, the tight end for the Giants. Seven catches, 98 yards, and a score. And Saquon Barkley. Oh, we did decent against him. 77 yards rushing, 41 yards receiving. He went over 100, 110 yards total offense. That's bad. Then the ugly, though, is the third down conversions. One for 15. One for 15. You can't win in high school. You can't in high school with that third down rate. You can't win in the National Football League scoring only seven points. And to make matters worse, you had 10 penalties for 75 yards. Multiple penalties on first down to disrupt the flow of the offense. You're starting first and 15 or first and 20. And several penalties being on third down defensively that extends the Giants' drive. That was so ugly. And then you let the Giants block a field goal for the first time in six years. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Offense, defense, and special teams, terrible for the commanders. It looked like the Giants were fired up and desperate for a win. Well, the commanders, we just had no interest in playing this game. No interest in changing our game plan. No interest in protecting our rookie quarterback from a beating. Just, just such a typical Redskins, Washington football team. 
Commanders, Deadskins performance. Whatever you want to call them, it's been the same thing. It's been the same thing. We don't start playing until 2.30 p.m. We don't protect our quarterback. We can't convert on third downs. We have one special teams disaster, and then, oh, yeah, the opposing team's tight end is going to go off and have a great game, right? Every single game I've been a fan for 30 years seems to be like this. We have one final grasper drive to tie the game at the end of the game. Comes down to the final play. Failure. Failure. I'm 30 years old. I've seen this exact type performance about 100 times in my lifetime. Just a flat nothing burger. 60 minutes of mediocrity from my favorite team. I'm devastated this morning. I'm devastated. This had to be a win. I'm over Ron Rivera. I'm over wasting four hours of my freaking Sunday on a team that looks like they'd rather be on the couch sitting next to me watching Red Zone, right? Matter of fact, I'd rather be watching Red Zone than watching this crap because at least I'd be watching points get scored and not seven, seven in the National Football League. It's an utter embarrassment. It was a terrible offensive performance. Eric Bieniemy gets the blame. Sam Howell gets the blame. The defense was decent. It's not like they were great and created that many turnovers. They got the one lucky fumble, and then we had the, the punt that was botched by the Giants. And after all that, you only end up with seven points. The, the honeymoon for Eric Bieniemy is over as well. Did not like the play calling. I didn't like how he took forever to get away from the game plan. And part of that's because we would go three and out, three and out, three and out. He was still in the scripted plays. But if you've gone out three and out three straight times because your offensive line, the pressure, you got to do something. You got to do something. We were outcoached. We were outplayed. And the Giants just had a better performance for a full 60 minutes and came away with the win. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio, broadcasting live from Capitol Alehouse here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Take an extended lunch break here on a Monday. You deserve it. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105. 1FM, it's a misery Monday following the Commander's 14-7 loss to the New York Giants. Scott Allen from the Washington Post will join us at 2.30. Linnell Willingham from the Team 980 at 2 p.m. Remember, Linnell said that Sam Howell was holding the Commander's offense back, and kind of seems like Linnell was right on that call. Uh, Obviously, part of the blame goes on Ron Rivera and the offensive line as well, but just not good enough in the NFL to score seven points. It uh, doesn't matter who you're playing against, even the 85 Bears. you got to score more than seven if you want to win. We will go around college football here in the state of Virginia on University Drive at 145. UVA with a big win. The first signature win of the Tony Elliott era over UNC. Stopping UNC's undefeated season. The Hokies with a big Thursday night home game coming up against Syracuse in Blacksburg. FSU gets a big win over Duke and all the other college football games, including USC losing to Utah at 145 on University Drive. But phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. You can vent to me. Give me your thoughts after the loss. Who are you blaming the most? 833-804-0910. You can always tweet us throughout the show to have your tweet read on air. Trevor tweets us at AWOD Radio. Happy Misery Monday, AWOD and Stub. Wow, the Commanders were so embarrassing. I would rather watch a black screen over watching the Deadskins. He says, as long as Ron's the head coach, 
We've got to call ourselves the Deadskins once again. I thought we were going to put that to bed when Dan Snyder sold the franchise, but he held on for too long. And because of that, we have this lame duck season with Ron Rivera. We all knew it was going to be a lame duck season, right? I mean, the task was too tough. He was going to have to turn an 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one team with a new quarterback, a rookie quarterback, into a 10-win team to make the playoffs. We all knew that wasn't going to happen. But you know what? We all bought in to the post-Dan Snyder boom. The energy and the excitement was real with the burgundy and sold party and Josh Harris taking over and buying everyone a beer. Well, now I need Josh Harris to make a move, right? I, I think we're all sick and tired of watching Ron Rivera put his hands over his uh, arms on the sideline and uh, just sit there with his arms crossed and do nothing. And his team comes out and plays the most uninspiring football every single week. The commanders just keep crumbling under pressure. Great headline from Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. It's just so true, right? Most people say pressure makes diamonds, unless you're D.C. and D.C. sports. Pressure crumbles the cookies, and you're left with dust. All right, let's get to the who, what, when, how, and why the commanders lost to the New York Giants and the who. The three and four commanders are below 500 once again because of who? Ron Rivera. After seven weeks, Rivera's team is once again below 500, and once again a team that seems to be ready to give up on their season. Comes in and beats the crap out of a Ron Rivera coach team, right? It happens every single year. We should have destroyed the Chicago Bears. They are ready to fire their coach, Matt Eberflus. Nope, they come in and dominate us. Then, oh, we get a road victory against Atlanta. Oh, Ron's got his team going with the do-your-job do sign. Nope, he's completely lost the locker room. We don't score any points. They had more yards than us. They had more sacks than us. The Giants had more first downs than us. Simply the who is, who is Ron Rivera coaching? Because... Nobody listens to him. They play uninspired football. So why does he still have a job? The what today? Well, for me, the what I'm most upset about is and what leads to a commander's loss is this offensive line. And part of that's on Ron Rivera because what the hell was he thinking in the offseason only bringing in Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates? We needed five new starters, not two. All right, And then you draft two guys, you wait till the third and the fourth round, and they're not ready to play. The offensive line is not good enough. And you know what? The most annoying thing that I think about, that what I'm most upset about, is that this team doesn't play as a team, right? We don't play as a team. We're getting our young quarterback destroyed. It's the same thing every game. Five guys on the offensive line. Every play you watch, one of the five guys misses their block completely. Just whiffs. Every single play. That's what the what is. What the hell is Ron Rivera thinking in the offseason? Not upgrading this offensive line to help out a young rookie quarterback. Where? Where was this game won? This game was won in the trenches. Where? The trenches. The Giants beat up the commander's offensive line. Two guys they picked up off the street, gave Tyrod enough time to find open receivers. Their offensive line helped out Saquon Barkley, let him run between the tackles and pick up first downs. The Giants won this game because their defensive line beat our O-line, and their O-line created just enough time for Tyrod to find Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley. And that's about it. Right? I'm tired of this. We get beat by two guys every week. That's it. That's it. Jalen Hyatt had two catches, already had a pretty good game, 75 yards. Besides that, it was Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller for 90% of their offense. That's it. Two guys beat us. And it's the same thing every single week. How about the how? 
Uh, the question for me, the how, is how will this crowd look Sunday at home? Right? They said it's sold out against Philly. After this performance, I have a feeling it's going to be sold out to people from Philadelphia. It's going to be very green. My how question is, how will Josh Harris enjoy watching a home game when it's filled with the opposing team's fans? How do you sit back and listen to Ron Rivera make excuses week after week? Ticket sales are going to drop. They're going to drop. Or it's just going to be the same old crap as last year. It's sold out because opposing teams from the other fan base are taking over FedEx Field. You had this fan base in the palm of your hand, Josh Harris. The post-Dan Snyder boom was real. People were going to training camp for the first time in years. But now you may really lose this fan base for good if you don't remove Ron Rivera. All right, If you have a, a pulse on this fan base, you'll see all over social media, people want Ron's head after another terrible performance on a Sunday. My why for this game, why does Ron Rivera refuse to understand coaching and clock management? Third and five in the first quarter. Your defense gets a stop at the goal line. You're off the field. It's fourth and three and a half. They're going to kick a field goal. So what? They go up three nothing. But he decides to accept the penalty. Why, Ron? Why? Your team is garbage on third down. You have to know what you're dealing with here. Your team always gives up a big catch on third down because the secondary is so bad. And you know what the Giants do? We accept the penalty. They convert in third and 15 from the 17-yard line. Just like that, we give up an opening touchdown. Every game, there are two or three calls when I'm like, why, Ron? How about this one? Why would you kick the field goal in the fourth quarter when you're down by seven? Your team struggled to get first downs. You've gone three and out more times than anybody can count. You finally get to the red zone. You have a fourth and three opportunity. Instead, you send on Joey Sly, who nobody trusts, and your field goal is blocked. Why, Ron? Why? It does not make any sense. I'm just, I'm so sick and tired of this team just being beaten, being outcoached, being outplayed. And, and they always do the same thing where they have a big surge in the third quarter, the fourth quarter. It's always too little, too late because they never play 60 minutes. We never play start to finish football. And as bad as the offensive line was, as bad as Howe was with a couple bad throws and, and that turnover, it comes back to coaching. In, in my opinion, it always comes back to who's the head coach, right? Because you don't see the good head coaches in the NFL have multiple stinkers every year, right? That's what Ron Rivera does. He will have a couple decent games, right? He put up the do-your-job sign. You know, It was a Band-Aid. Now I think he's lost the locker room, if you heard Jonathan Allen after the game. Every year, there's a couple stinkers. This year, three of them. Three of them already. We're seven games into the season. You get demolished by the Bills. You get embarrassed by the Bears on Thursday Night Football. And then you put up seven points in the Meadowlands against the Giants. A team that you should have beaten last year, but you tied them because you didn't play for the win. What are we waiting for, Josh Harris? Let's make a move. It comes back to the head coach. And apparently, if you listen to Jonathan Allen, he's tired of this. And I think in the, loss, in the locker room, the guys have no faith in Ron Rivera. They don't play inspired football, and they don't even start playing until the first quarter has ended, and they get past the first 15 scripted plays. That's when you're supposed to be at your best. I think it's coming down to the head coach. I, I, I think you have enough to remove Ron Rivera. I told you guys it's all about not regressing, right? You beat the Eagles last year in Philly. You lose that game. You beat the Bears last year. You win this game. You tied the Giants on the road last year and then lost them at home. 
Now you've lost to them on the road. We are regressing. We are not. There's no positive momentum here. We're a three and four football team. Once again, we're sitting there towards the bottom of the NFC East. Once again, we're grasping to maybe, maybe get that final wild card spot. I just, I don't know why you keep him as the head coach. He's doing nothing. He's not inspiring anyone. He's sitting on the sidelines, making bad calls and arguing at the ref for no reason, and then challenging a play that anyone watching on TV saw he got two feet in. I'm sick and tired of Ron Rivera coaching my team. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders, the Virginia Tech Hokies, VCU basketball, and it is a victory Monday for the Hoos. UVA with a monster win over UNC. That's a massive win for the program. Uh, The first signature win of the Tony Elliott era. Uh, so big win for UVA, and I should let all the listeners know you can tune into Who's Talking for more UVA coverage right here on 910 The Fan at 6 p.m. Paul Collins, Terry Gates, uh, both played at UVA, will be joining Frank Maloney and Jim Hobgood today right here on 910 The Fan for Who's Talking at 6 p.m. And joining us right now, though, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Neil Greenberg to talk little commanders. What's going on, Neil? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Good, Neil. So Rick Snyder, columnist for 106.7 The Fan, he's Sergeant Snyder in the AWOD Army, but luck has it, we're looking for a new general. Are you willing to accept the role, Neil, as General Greenberg of the AWOD Army? Oh, wow. That's a high honor. Of course. I'm ready to serve. All right. So a general will command the unit larger than a regiment or its equivalent of units. Uh, basically, I need you to command the AWOD Army and let everyone know anytime I'm on air. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can do that. I'll also uh, make sure everyone has a spreadsheet at the ready. There we go. There we go. So I, I found it interesting that uh, you put it out on social media. Per PFF, the commander's offensive line responsible for 12 of Howell's lead-leaguing 40 sacks through seven games. Washington pass block ranks eighth. You said this indicates the sack more of a Howell issue than an offensive line issue. Give me a little more details on that take. Yeah, so that 12 number wasn't updated for this week. So it's actually 16 of the 40 sacks. Uh, The game charters at Pro Football Focus are placing the blame on the offensive line. So that leaves 24 <clears throat> of the sacks for Howell on, on Howell himself. Um, so it's a large number. That means that, um, you know, if you just look at the ones that Howell is solely um, solely responsible for per pro football focus, that's a 58-sack season estimate over 17 games. That's a huge number. And, again, it doesn't include any of the ones that the offensive line is going to give up. Um, so it's a real problem, and it's been a real problem for for Howell dating back to his college days. Um, and that seems to be the the piece of information that either a lot of people don't know about or are, are very easily casting aside because they want to focus on Howell as being an inexperienced quarterback, and this is something that, that will pass. But 
Um, it's been a pervasive problem for him. It was a red flag for him coming out of the draft for some analysts. And it's a, it's a significant part of his game that uh, is, is keeping the offense down. Neil, part of this is over my head because I didn't play quarterback at any high level uh, of football. But I want to say that like the best quarterbacks, we always talk about Peyton Manning being a coach on the field. I watch Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys. They get up to the line of scrimmage, and they're barking out orders for their offensive linemen. And it seems like they're able to identify where the blitz is coming from and adjust things. How much of that is on Sam Howell not making those adjustments at the offensive line, uh, you know, right before the snap? Well, I don't know if he's – I don't know how much he's able to do. And it certainly seems like the formations that they're putting Howell in, using shotgun a lot of the times, they're trying everything that they can to buy him some time. Um, These two things can be true, right? Sam Howell could have a massive sack problem, a massive propensity for sacks, and the offensive line could not be good. Like, those two things can certainly be true at the same time. So it looks like what the offense is trying, what the, what the coaches are trying to do is, is give them as much time as possible. Um, to my eyes, it doesn't seem like he can go through his reads very quickly. Uh, it doesn't seem like he can get out of trouble very quickly. So, you know, we have, we're in a situation where it's, it's it's easy to reduce this team to a one-dimensional offense because yeah. you know the the run game isn't used that much. Um, if Washington falls behind, it's going to be used even less, and then it's just a matter of of getting to Howell, which which isn't difficult to do. Um, so I think it'd be difficult for him to to be that you know that leader in, in that way only because I, I just don't think he has the the time, experience, or even the, the agency to do so by the coaching staff. Yeah, he's certainly had his worst game as a pro. I don't think Coach Eric Bieniemy uh, coached a good game as well. But if you've been listening to the show today, a lot of my blame comes down to Ron Rivera and the fact that he, he doesn't inspire these guys. His draft picks aren't hitting. Uh, they come out slow every single week. And so I want to get – your opinion on some of his decision-making. It's Neil Greenberg with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Clean Hotline. He's the right guy to ask for this because he's a stats geek and sports writer for the Washington Post. So what did the analytics say about Ron Rivera kicking a field goal down by seven in the fourth quarter? Because I hated that decision. <laughs> well, I mean, he kicked a field goal being down by, what, 30? So I mean, that really shouldn't... Uh... <laughs> uh, surprise anybody. But look, you know, he got this moniker, Riverboat Ron, for... For, for making, you know, bold decisions years ago. But but that coach has long since faded. I mean, he hasn't been Riverboat Ron, I would say, in, you know, six, seven years. I mean, it's just he's not a guy that takes risks. And he he often has a team that's not in a position to even benefit from, from the risks. Um, it's a very vanilla-type offense. I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't think it's catching anybody off guard. You know, they're going to run it on second and short, right? They're going to, to pass it on, on third and long. There's not going to be much deviation from from that in when the game is, you know, close. Um, and, and that's more so than other teams in, in the league, right? I'm not saying, like, you know, all teams aren't going to, going to pass on third and long. They certainly are. But he just doesn't mix it up as much, so it becomes a lot more predictable. And the last thing you can afford in, in the NFL is a predictable offense. Um 
it's uh, it, it's just not a it's it's not a very I wouldn't call it a modern NFL offense. I wouldn't call it a, an offense that um, you know relies on the analytics and um, you know goes for fourth down in, in key situations or you know chooses to go for it rather than <clears throat> play it more conservative and, and kick a field goal. And you know I brought this up even before the season started when um, you know the Harris Group was talking about buying the the team and you know there's a lot of talk about Ron's future. And my my first question was. I don't think Ron Rivera embraces analytics enough for for a Harris own team. Like you look at the New Jersey Devils, you look at the the Philadelphia 76ers, um the 76ers especially with Daryl Morey as president of operations. I mean, um you know, they they embrace analytics and it's a very big part of the fabric of the organization. Um you know, Rivera uses it if it suits him and um you know is is way more likely to use his gut than than to trust anything else and um, you know, perhaps that's why he, you know, has the record he does at this point in the season. The other decision that he made that I didn't like was, uh, one, I didn't like the challenge. I felt like watching it, his foot was in. Uh, but I, I go back to the first quarter. He accepts a penalty that would have brought up fourth down, could have gotten off the field. And I've always said anytime you can decline a penalty to bring up fourth down, you should do that. He then accepts the penalty and you give up a touchdown on third and long, I mean, I, I just, I question that. Yeah, there's a lot of questions for, for Ron Rivera. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised there isn't more pressure put on him during the press conferences um, than what we've seen. I, I, I get that there's a need for access, and I get that, you know, there's, there's unwritten rules. Um, but I do think it's a fair question to ask him is, are the are the underwhelming performances a byproduct of the coaching or the player personnel? And and obviously it's a trick question because he's responsible for both. But I think that that gets to my point. It's it's a situation where you have the guy shopping for groceries and and making a very underwhelming meal, and um, you know, but still looks to pass blame. Um, or at least deflect blame to, for, for to other to other situations, um, you know, including the the um, you know the inexperience of his of his quarterback. And uh, you know, I, I would think that if I had an inexperienced quarterback that was, that I knew was going to be my guy coming into the season, I, I I probably would have done a lot more work on the offensive line than I did to at least give him a fighting chance to to be able to make some plays. Neil, so are you so down on Sam Howell that you would consider going to Jacoby Brissett? Or, hey, does he just have to fight through this sack issue? I mean, look, it's, Sam Howell ain't the guy. I, 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 I know people want him to be the guy. I know the We're franchise desperate would be better for him off to be if the he guy. was the guy. <laughs> I'm sorry? We're, just so, we're so desperate for him to be the guy. Right, and, but, but, he, but he's not. You can't, have, you can't have a guy taking 50 sacks you know, on his own, right? Not including what the offensive line's going to give up. You just—they're drive killers. You just can't do that in in in, in today's NFL. And um, you know, it was a problem for him in college. So you're not going to convince me that he's going to turn it around. Um, and and that's fine. Um, you know, but you, you you still have to just—I don't know if Brissett's the answer. I, I but it's 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 different. 
and you know maybe instead of giving up five six sacks a game maybe there's only three and you know those other three drives actually go somewhere like that to me is the is the biggest thing i'm not saying that Brissett's going to lead this team to the playoffs um but it's pretty clear that sam howell is not either and i'm also worried about his health 50 sacks in a season you know 60 sacks 70 sacks not including quarterback hits um that's a lot that's gonna yeah. that's a lot and that's gonna put any future he has in jeopardy um we know the more sacks a, a quarterback takes in one season reduces the number of games he plays in the other in the next season so yeah. you know if if sam howell does in fact take you know 50 60 sacks in, this year and, and and he's going to i mean he already got 40 um i I don't. I'd be surprised to see him play a full schedule next year, and you know that brings another wrinkle into the equation. In that, you know, you can't be the guy if you're not on the field. Yep, Neil, great stuff. Follow Neil on social media. N Greenberg, the General Greenberg in the AWOD Army. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Talk to you soon. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Take an extended lunch break here on a Monday. You deserve it. They've got a ton of great beer options, uh, great burgers here at Cap Ale. Love the wings as well. Uh, the Capitol Club is a really good sandwich that uh, I think I'm going to head home with today uh, but is the Nell World Tour Linnell Willingham taking his victory lap around the country because he did say that Sam Howell was holding this commander's offense back and I thought he was wrong I thought the the young quarterback had it all but now after taking a few calls it seems like the fan base is already turning on the young quarterback yeah, Neil Greenberg come on the show and say he is not the guy Linnell welcome back to the show What's up, Awad? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How's your victory lap? Is everyone around? Pat, you on the back? I, I got to stop you. This is this is not a victory lap. I am a fan <laughs> first. Like, never forget that. I am a fan first. It pains me. It pains me that I don't know whether or not Sam Howell is going to be the quarterback of this team moving forward. It honestly it brings me to tears. But based off of what you've seen offensively through the first seven weeks of the season – the inconsistencies is really what's starting to bother me with Sam. The the sack issue is one thing. Yesterday, he had a turnover that led directly to a Giants score two plays later. I believe PFF has graded him with five turnover worthy throws yesterday. Yeah. So it just hasn't been it just hasn't been consistent enough for me with Sam. There is ten games left to go in the season. Um, there is room for improvement obviously and I think he's got the right mental makeup to get better but at this point seven weeks in I'm, I'm really disappointed at what we've seen offensively and the offensive line and Eric Bietemi are, are not free of blame in this either I think the way I described yesterday's loss Adam everyone's hands are dirty offense no. defense special teams no you're right and it's just it's just a typical of the Ron Rivera coach team here, and that's why you know I ultimately put the blame on him. Is every year, every season, every game, the team starts slow under Ron Rivera. It's unacceptable. Uh, but in terms of quarterback Sam Howell, 
I think that you have to be worried that he's losing the locker room, all right? A, a big part of you know well, what makes a quarterback have success is the trust that he has with his wide receivers and his tight ends and the fact that they stick up for him. Well, the first time we had the crack in that was this post-game with Terry McLaurin saying that I've been talking to Coach Bieniemy, I've been talking to Sam Howell. I want the ball more in these 50-50 situations that Heineke succeeded on last year. And so I think a lot of these sacks, you have to say, hey, Taylor Heineke was getting out of these sacks. He was making some magic. He was throwing it downfield. He was a little bit shifty uh, with his lateral movement, and he gave his wide receivers an opportunity to make the catch, whereas Sam, he's, he's turning into a turtle and shell a lot of times and just falling down. Yeah, I actually have not heard Terry's post-game comments yet to this point. I'll probably listen to that as soon as I get off with you. But I think it's something that you're, you're absolutely right about, Adam, especially with a young quarterback, right? Having the confidence and trust of your teammates is so important because you know how it is with young players in the National Football League. Sometimes maybe you don't believe in yourself until someone else does. I know this offseason they came out and spoke glowingly about Sam. Even through the first six weeks of the season, I think, uh, they've been speaking highly of Sam. I don't expect this locker room to turn on him at any point during the season. With that being said, though, I do think it's fair to pose the question of, you know, moving forward, does Sam give us the best chance to win? Now, like I said earlier, a few moments ago, everyone's hand is dirty in what happened yesterday. But taking the amount of sacks that this young man has taken for the first seven weeks, I mean, he's on a historical pace right now. And I just don't know moving forward if it's fair to the rest of the guys on both sides of the football to put his development over winning games. And right now, that's where I think they are. I think his development is more important to Ron and company than winning games is. And I've disagreed with that stance back in, dating back to the offseason. It's year four of a five-year deal, Adam. Why wait until the fourth year of your tenure to try and develop a franchise quarterback? That's, excuse my French, it's just ass backwards. Yeah. No, Ron's a big issue, but the thing I'm worried about with Sam Howell is I feel like Carson Wentz was a different quarterback week one against the Jags, right? Then all of a sudden he was taking sack after sack after sack after sack, and his internal clock sped up to the point where his mechanics, he lost focus. I think that's the biggest issue here is that we need to be looking at Sam Howell, and his internal clock is now clicking too quickly because of the sacks that he's taken, like you're saying. He's been beat up so much, and so I absolutely believe – the second-to-last offensive player of the game, third and five from the red zone. He predetermined that he was going to throw to Terry McLaurin no matter what, and he had a couple guys open, and he said, you know what, we're blitzing, I'm going to give Terry a shot, and you can never predetermine a throw in the National Football League, and that cost them that third down. And then on fourth down, he makes a good play to get away from the sack, but then he threw it behind Dotson, and Logan Thomas was wide open, and he's running for his life on fourth down. You never want that from your young quarterback. Yeah, that fourth down play in particular is like super interesting. If you go back and watch it, it's one of those situations where Charles Leno, if you pay attention to the left tackle, number 72, identifies the free rusher. Basically is telling Sam, hey, look, you're responsible for the end man on the line of scrimmage. We're all going to slide to the right, leaving you responsible with the free edge defender. Sam does his job, is able to evade the pressure. But then, as you mentioned, Adam, it is really tough. And I understand you're rolling to your left. You're a right-handed quarterback. I get all of that. But after watching Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts on Sunday Night Football last night, they made that throw routinely 
That's my yeah. thing with Sam. And I think On he could have ran, too. You know, I, I just could, think he could have ran. You mentioned he, he had was, Logan yeah. open. The ball was behind Jahan. I understand everyone's giving Jahan a lot of crap. He's a first-round wide receiver. It hit him in the hands. But, Adam, tell me how, how good your memory is. Even if Jahan catches that ball that's behind him, because it's thrown behind him, I don't know if he picks up the first down. He's right, right. at the sticks. It ends up being a bang-bang play. I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of my issues with Sam yesterday. Even when he did have time, Adam, it felt like a couple of times he's missing the quote-unquote layups. And when you're a National Football League quarterback, you got to make the layups. I understand the fourth down throw going against your strength is, is not really a layup, but you got to make that throw, man. That's the difference between being a fringe starter and a guy who I'm confident leading my offense for for 17 weeks. Yeah, no, last night looked like a quarterback who has regressed, and I agree he's missing the layups. I thought the interception should have been a layup, you know, kind of bullet throw to Jahan yeah. Dotson, but he kind of just lollipopped it, and the, the linebacker made a play on it. So it's a misery Monday. We're all depressed. Lael, is there anything that you're positive about after that game? Um, <laughs> Adam, I'm not going to lie, man. It, it, it's not a lot of positive takeaways I have coming from Sunday. The one thing that I think we're all noticing as a fan base in the last two weeks, their seventh-round pick from the University of Kentucky, Chris Rodriguez, getting early action, and this is going to be a hot take. I don't even want to say it's a hot take. This is just how I feel after watching him run for two weeks. It feels like he's got better vision than Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. Like he's a more natural back. We know Gibson is a converted wide receiver, and B-Rob played running back at Alabama where things in the holes were probably a lot bigger and wider for him. Vision is something that I know people have complained about with B-Rob, but it looked like dating back to the Atlanta game last week, every time Chris Rodriguez touches the football, good things happen. That's a bright spot for me. Um, defensively, this is going to sound crazy, but I was impressed with Benjamin St. Juice yesterday. I really was. I understand that he gives up the two big plays to Jalen Hyatt. That happens when you're playing man-to-man coverage in the National Football League. You get beat at times. But the five other pass breakups that he had, I thought was really impressive. He played with sort of like a quiet confidence, the ability to break on the football, not really respecting Tyrod's ability to throw the ball deep. But eventually it ends up coming back to bite St. Juice's. They had that huge connection uh, in the fourth quarter to Jalen Hyatt that really, to me, put a fork in Washington. Linnell, great stuff, man. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Always appreciate you having me, my friend. Cheer up, yeah. pal. We got uh, ten more weeks of this. I know. I know. There, look, there are a couple bright spots here and there, but uh, yeah. mostly it was just an ugly game and – here we are, three and four, back below five. Jameson Crowder's like a bright spot, Adam. Like Hold on, I forgot. I forgot Jameson. I love Crowder at punt return. That's a yeah. big bright spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. If only we could make some field goals. I appreciate you yeah. chiming in. Phone lines are open. Eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. We'll take more of your phone calls on the Commanders next. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan.